welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Ramblin' Randy, the executive pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few moments will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Randy, I would say that is a solid C-plus intro. I'm back. <laughs> How do you think you did with that? I, I think that uh, that Pastor Trey would would be very disappointed, happy <laughs> with my performance. It, it was just okay. I mean, he really has a voice for radio. He does. I mean, you, you have a pretty pleasant voice as well, but it's just not Trey's voice. I could listen to his voice all day, every day. You ever listen to Delilah? You remember Delilah? Ooh, yes. Yeah? Remember Delilah? There was another uh, guy that used to do the the top, Casey. Casey Kasem? Yeah. yeah. Casey, he yeah. had the voice too. Trey could do Casey Kasem. He could do that top 40. Delilah for some love songs. He could, he could do that. Yeah. I'm glad you're back, Randy. And I'm glad you're with us, Logan. How are you? I'm great. Glad Next to be here. Next time, we'll let you do the intro. See how you do. Yeah, I'll try. I thought Randy did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Logan. Well, here we are. One take. It was one take. One take. take. It was one take. Again, solid C plus work. So here we are. We are episode 150 on the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. This is a big deal, big episode, and Trey is not here. And I'm quite sad about that. And so Trey, actually, he is, he's out sick. He, um, if you're listening to this episode on the release day, we're a day late. We usually release on Tuesday, but it's Wednesday and we're releasing because Trey was out sick yesterday and he's sick today. I don't know if he have a, has a stomach virus or something's going on. So just pray that Trey will get better soon. But even though Trey is not here, we're carrying on and very thankful to have Logan and Randy with us to talk through some issues today. So guys, welcome. Hey, you called in the all-stars for called, episode 150. Well, I, I was going to just ask Randy, but I didn't want you to feel left out. So I brought you in too. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Artie Logan has said more words than he said last week. He, he has. So uh, he only said, Hey, <laughs> last week. So here we are, Trey, we miss you. I know you're listening today. I uh, hope you get feeling better. And if you are listening as a regular listener to the podcast, welcome. We're glad you're with us today. And we are talking about um, a fun topic today because we are having really a historic week in the life of our church. This past Sunday night, we kicked off a big partnership with a sister church in our area, Gethsemane Baptist Church, and we just want to talk about that today. I know that from our faith family, we have many people there Sunday night, and I appreciate all of you coming out and supporting and being part of that. Uh, but some of you, as you're listening, if you're part of the Northwood family, you might still have some questions. Hey, why are we even doing this? What was the point of partnering with a sister church. And so I thought it'd be just really fun to talk through that together. And if you're not a part of the Northwood family, if you're a part of another church family, hopefully this will give you some food for thought as to, to why churches desire to partner with other churches. So yeah, we'll see what happens. So it was pretty good Sunday night, huh? Joe had good service, good attendance. It was a lot yeah, of fun. It was very encouraging to see not only you know, several people from Northwood Baptist there, but also Gethsemane. Yeah. They, they showed up and uh, they had all their members there, it felt like, yeah. and they were receptive yeah. and very thankful. Yeah. So you guys remember, uh, we started praying about this, what, two or three years ago, that God would give us an opportunity 
to come alongside of another church, a church that was struggling, and to help that church. So in Northwood's history, uh, we have planted a church that was before we were here. That was under Pastor Sonny's leadership. And you guys know Adam real well and Restoration Church and Hannah Hand. They're doing really, really well. Um, and, and we want to do that too, right? I think you've been a part of churches that plan churches, haven't you, Logan? Yeah. So, um, when I was serving in Clemson, South Carolina, they had sent several church planners out. Um, so had a little bit of experience yeah. with that, but certainly in our time here, I mean, you know, I, we want, we want Northwood to do well and yeah. be faithful with what we have here, but we want to see the church move through mm-hmm. communities. And so certainly, I mean, this is an answer to prayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so Logan and I were a part of a conversation last week with pastors in our area about church planning, like in the Charleston area, there's this big push for church planning because I know there's lots of churches, but there's still need for more good, solid evangelical churches. And I, I, I forget the stats. You probably remember that, that we were saying that if everybody showed up in the state and this isn't going to happen likely, but if everybody in the state, every person, right. Showed up in a church on Sunday morning, there would not be enough churches to hold all those people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even close. Um, so particularly you think about the Charleston area, mm-hmm. we're called the Holy City, yeah. right? There's church buildings all over the place, um, but there are just not enough churches for the number of people that we have. Right. And there are certain pockets within our city that literally have zero church presence, yeah. um, which, which is a problem. Coupled with that, we have 36 new people a day mm-hmm. moving to the greater Charleston area. Um, so those numbers are just going to continue to go up by 2028. I think they're participating expecting like a million people in the area. Um, and our current church growth rate and church multiplication rate is not ready to keep up up. with that. Yeah. It's not keeping at all. And I think they said in that meeting we had, there is one, I think it was just one Baptist church, one Baptist church for every 5,000 people. Yeah. So we could not hold 5,000 people at Northwood unless we had 13 services. And Randy, that would be a logistical nightmare. I decline <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the option is to plant churches. I mean, the more churches we plant, obviously, the better opportunity we have to reach our city, our state. Um, and so we want to be a part of that. But not only do we want to be a part of church planting, but Randy and I in particular, uh, we come from a small church background. You grew up in a small church, right? I know that you were, you've served at small churches. The church you grew up in, was it a fairly small church? So it started off as a small church, yeah. but we, we got to experience some significant growth and building of buildings and growing to a size of about twelve or 1,300. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, that's, that's sizable. So the largest church I've ever been a part of in my life is Northwood. So I grew up in a small church, been a part of a small church, pastored small churches. My last church was between 200 and 300 people, and now here at Northwood, and we're a larger church. So this is the largest church I've been a part of. So so really, my, my heart um, is still for the small church, because I think there's just so much potential. And you think about the area that we're going to be partnering, that particular area where Gethsemane Baptist is, uh, it's in a very strategic area, and they're projecting within the next five years, that particular area will have 85,000 people living in, within five miles of that church. And, and as you guys wrote over there the other night, how many churches did you see? I mean, there were, there were a few down, down the road, yeah. um, of different denominations, yeah. but um, smaller, but very, very small, small churches, churches, right? Very small churches. And so on that particular road going towards in our area came Bay next. And really the only strong church I can think of over there in that area is Cane Bay church, which is another Baptist church. And I think they're doing pretty well. But even, you know, and I hope they continue to do well. We pray that they'll do very well. 
Uh, but but they're going to be limited. They meet in a school, and I, I'm sure there's plans someday for them to build and those kind of things. But they're going to be limited in the number of people they can reach because of of uh, building constraints and things like that. And so there needs to be in that specific area a more vital churches. And and why not? Why not come along? We we want to plant churches, but why not come along? a struggling church and help them live again, right? The facility's already there. There's a core of people there. And so it, when you think about um, coming alongside a church, it's, it's not necessarily easier, right? Planting or coming alongside the church are both very difficult, but there is a unique opportunity there to come alongside a church and help them to live again, right? So so when you think about what we can do with a local church. So there's, there's the, there's opportunity to plant. So when we talk about planting, that's starting a new church from scratch. Right. And then there is replanting. Look at what's replanting. So it's basically taking a church that has died, um, Mm -hmm. going in and just completely flipping the whole identity mission vision. Um, you're essentially starting a brand new church in a location that has historically had a church at. Right. Right. So we have examples of that in our city. Right. So you think about, um, uh, the Citadel Baptist Church downtown, that's been a church replant, right? To another church merged with it, created a new identity. We have Centerpoint Remount. Some of you might be familiar with that one. That's, that's a replant, uh, an existing church merged with another work and create a new identity. That's not what we're doing with Gethsemane. This is not a replant. Uh, it's also not a revitalization, right? So when you think about, that's kind of been a buzzword, revitalization among churches. That's when a church tries to grow again or live again on its own without any help, like get a new pastor, think through some things. Um, and Gethsemane is needs more help than revitalization. They need outside help. And so we're coming along and what we're calling this is, is fostering. So Randy, if you think about fostering a church, what do you think about? Yeah. So I, I, we obviously have several families that do, uh, do fostering here at the church and I think that that relationship is very similar to what we're looking at to do with Gethsemane, where yeah. we were wanting to come alongside them, provide support, resources, time, energy, uh, essentially offering them the kitchen sink. Whatever yeah. we have is now at your disposal to use or not use if it adds value and helps you to live again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what was really cool, um, we, we had the worship service over there last Sunday night, and Gethsemane seemed to be really encouraged. Our people were really encouraged. In fact, I've already heard, right? We have, um, for example, we have a, a man who's kind of pastoring, not pastoring, he's just, he's helping us. He's serving as a liaison between us and them, and, and, and he's preaching there, Doug Ray. Um, one of our members yesterday said, hey, Doug Ray is in their particular Sunday school class or Life Connection group, and he said, hey, we're going to go over there a Sunday morning to support Doug. That's, that's cool, right? They, they saw that there's something really cool happening here. And so they're going to take their whole life connection group over there one Sunday morning just to be there and support Doug while he's preaching. Then we had another lady, an older lady in our congregation, um, who, who, who comes to our early, uh, life connection group hour at eight o'clock. And then she comes to our early service at nine 30. And she said, I don't know what I can do over here, but after our nine 30 service every Sunday, I'm going to start coming over here to Gethsemane. That's really cool, right? And so I think our people are already catching the vision that, man, there's something we can do here. And, and that's really, really good. Okay, so so let's talk about, let's just talk about this just quickly is five reasons why. Five reasons why we are partnering with a sister church in our community to help them live again. Number one, struggling churches need encouragement and hope. So Randy, you've been over there. You've kind of worked with us through the process of getting this uh, church on board. As you met with, and Logan, you were there too when we had those initial meetings with Gethsemane. What what was the 
kind of the, the atmosphere in the room as we had those initial conversations with Gethsemane? For, for me, it was, it was like this, this daunting task. Yeah. They, they had reached a point at which they didn't, they didn't see light at the end of the tunnel anymore. Yeah. The, the hole was dug too deep and they didn't know how or, or if it was even possible to, yeah. to get out and to live again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, at the time that we went, someone from the state convention was yeah. serving as an interim. So they don't even have a full-time pastor. Yeah. There's no leadership. There's no mission and vision. Yeah. No one's really driving that. Um, and I think, I think Randy's right. It's like, Hey, we we're in this situation and we just don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and you could, I could just feel it from their people. They don't want to lose their church. Yeah. You know, the church has been there for 52 years. They want to see it continue, see the ministry continue, but they just really, you know, hands kind of up. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to get out of yeah. this. Yeah. And you, and you think about, you know, they've got some very faithful members, but even from the, the faithful members that are there, they're doing the work on the facilities, they're helping turn on the lights and try to fix things and take care of things. It, they, they're, they're starting to, to burn out. Yeah. And it, you can only sustain that for so long because yeah. they have, they have a, a really nice facility. They've got, you know, seven or eight acres. I mean, it, it is a really nice place, but when that's on the shoulders of just a few people, yeah. they, they were exhausted. And on 20 people and the majority of those people are older. Right. And that just, just becomes more and more of a problem. And just in conversations, it's been a long time since they've had just real leadership. Uh, they had the, the guy that was there from the state convention that helped him along the way a little bit. But before that, they had a pastor. Um, and my understanding was, you know, he, he was a, a, you know, a great preacher, but, but he was bivocational and was involved in a lot of other things. And so just to have that presence of leadership, it sounds like they really haven't had that in a long time. And so when you haven't had that, it is easy to get into a kind of a hopeless situation, right? They don't want to lose their church. They, and, and I don't know the numbers. Um, I've, I've heard the numbers before, but I can't remember just the number of churches that do close um, every year, right? And like, I think if I'm right, um, it's into the thousands of, of, of churches, not just Baptist churches, but just different denominations that because they can't make it anymore, they end up closing their doors. And, and there's lots of reasons why churches can't make it anymore. They, they've lost that vision. Uh, they haven't adapted to the times or whatever the case may be. Um, and so, you know, for church like Assemini, that could have been their future, right? The future could have been, we're 20 people and we can do this a few more years and then we're done. Um, but they took a step of faith. They chose to say, Hey, we need another church to come alongside and help us. And, and that's where we stepped in and say, Hey, we can be that church that helps you. Um, but, but, but when we had those first couple meetings, you could, you could sense that sense of desperation and we don't want to lose our church. We want our church to live, but we don't know what to do or how to do it or where the case may be. And just, you think about a church like, like Northwood coming alongside a church and partnering with another church, what it immediately does. And I think we've sensed this Sunday night, it immediately restores a sense of hope. Hey, maybe we can make it. Maybe we will make it right. There's someone that's on our side. There's another church that's got our back in this. And that's huge, right? Just to know that, that you can live again. There is hope. And with with Christ, obviously, uh, Christ always gives hope. And just to bring that Christ center hope into a church is just really, really powerful. And I think part of the, the encouragement that we gave them all the way back when we first started meeting was this, this isn't going to take a, an astronomical amount of resources and time yeah. and money. We're just going to do very simple things. Yeah. The things that the church is called to do. Yeah. And here's some, some, just some basic ideas. And they were really encouraged by those very simple, basic ideas that could have a massive impact yeah. in the community that's around them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think about the story here at Northwood. I mean, that that's, I think, what has made our church just kind of flourish in, in, in past years is we've just kept our eyes on the mission and we've done those basic things that God has called us to do and we've done those things well and that, that's helped us. And so to kind of take that DNA that we have at Northwood and to put some of that on on Gethsemane, I think is going to be really helpful for them. And I think not only are they going to have hope, but I think they are going to see you know, God's spirit at work in the life of their church again, which can be really cool. Second reason. So first reason, struggling churches need encouragement and hope. Second reason, the lost need to see vibrant churches in their communities. What do you think is the impression of someone driving down the street and seeing a church like Gethsemane or some of the other churches on that road, Highway 176? Yeah, it's, it's a, for me, it's, it's tough to look at because most of them going down the road, you go down during the week, there's no cars there or maybe one car. There's very little activity. The facilities are, you know, okay. And, but part of, you know, what adds to that is they're widening the roads and there's lots of construction going on. And it just adds to the difficulty as you look at, at, at the church from the outside, not even going inside, just from the outside looking, looking in. Yeah. What you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think is, and, and we see this, right? Mm-hmm. If you ride around anywhere in South Carolina, you ride by churches all the time that are smaller and you have no clue if anyone's ever meeting there, if anything's ever going on. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know that they're doing anything, if you don't know if they're doing any outreach in their community, if you don't know if they have programs for kids or whatever is available, the chance of you ever being interested in going there yeah. are pretty slim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you ride by a lot of churches. I mean, and there are lots of churches in the area. And 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 just as you ride by, is there a sense that this church is a vibrant church, right? I mean, people need to see that, man, there's something going on here that that's attractive, that that's really blessing the community. So, and, and, and listen, I mean, Northwood is not a perfect church. We have our issues. We, we're, we're working on lots of different things. There's lots of areas we need to grow in, lots of things that we need to do better. I, I get all that, right? And we're always working to improve and be the best church we can be for the sake of the kingdom and for this community. But but just think, when, when, when people ride by Northwood, do you think there is the impression that Northwood is a vibrant church? Yeah, I mean, I would... At the very least, they would say, man, they've, they've got a lot of stuff going on right. over there. And some right. of that has absolutely nothing to do with nothing. our services. We're just open to the community. Yeah. We have a lot of people on campus. Um, I can't tell you the number of people that have no idea who Northwood Baptist Church is. But as soon as I say, yeah, we do that big fireworks show over here, they're like, yeah. oh, y'all are that yeah. church yeah. that does that. Yeah. Hey, we, we do the trunk or treat. Oh, yeah, I've been to that before, yeah. right? Yeah. So just having things on campus throughout the week, just people being able to see, you know, that our campus is open. So that means our doors are also open on yeah. Sunday morning yeah. to attend. Yeah, yeah. So that, what do you think, Randy? Yeah, I, we have had countless numbers of families that have, have started visiting over the past, you know, four or five years because we have opened our doors to other groups. Yeah. And we have so many different groups all across the spectrum, civic groups, homeowners associations, um, you know, Wassamall tribe meeting, we've got, you know, homeschool groups, everything. And people see that and they go, thank you so much. Cause especially during the last two years when so many places were closing yeah. and not opening their doors, we, we said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to stay open and we're not going to just stay open on Sunday mornings. We're going to stay open every, every day of the week and let people utilize the, the facilities that God has given us. We want to steward them well. And part of stewarding them well was, was keeping the doors open. Yeah. So there was a member of Gethsemane that rode by our church to check us out months ago and came during the week 
and they saw a bunch of cars in the parking lot. And he asked me, um, how many staff members do you have? I'm like, that's not staff members, man. We just have lots going on in our church, right? And there's something all the time. Um, Randy, why, why has it been strategic for us to do that? Like not a lot of churches do that. Not a lot of churches open their facilities wide open, but we have. And, th- and, that, and that creates some tension for, for campus, right? Because we, we've got all these groups coming in. It can get messy at times and, and, and you have to reserve a spot and that, that's kind of weird. And, but, but we've been real big on letting different groups use our facility, but it's strategic. There's a reason why. Why is that? Uh, so, so for us, yeah, I think there's, there's a couple strategic reasons. Number one is the stewardship aspect yeah. that we don't want to just stay open on, on Sundays and Wednesday nights that we, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. Uh, and then we, we also want the community to know that we're here yeah. and that we're open and that they, they can utilize what we have yeah. because what we have is not our own. Yeah. It belongs to God. And we want to share that with anybody who, who sees us and needs, needs those spaces. And a lot of groups have, um, have appreciated that. Yeah. The fact that we, we, we want to let the community know, Hey, we're here yeah. and we're open. And that has rolled over into people going, Hey, we want to come visit you on a Sunday morning. That's right. So it's been strategic for the sake of the gospel because it opens up gospel opportunities, right? And so so people ride by Northwood, they might not know what's going on. They might not, you know, understand who we are or what we believe or whatever the case may be, but they know, they know there's something going on. They know there's life at this church simply by the fact when they ride by, there's stuff going on, right? And that I think that says a lot to the community. And then you think about just the ways we have outreached our community, whether it's been through a fireworks event or whether it's been through, like we did last year, just going to a, uh, an apartment complex and giving out gift cards, right? Just that community presence has been really, really important for us. And so when you think about a, a church like Gethsemane, we want their community to have the same impression of Gethsemane as maybe our community has of Northwood. Hey, we don't know everything that's going on there, but something's going on there. I mean, I think that's attractive to the community when they see a church that is actually at least trying to engage the community in some way, right? Communities need to see vibrant churches. And as you ride down that road that Gethsemane is on, I don't know if people as they ride down the road see vibrant churches, but we want to help with that. We want them to see vibrant churches. And really, it comes down to an issue for of relational evangelism. Yeah, that's absolutely. what those opportunities create. Absolutely, absolutely. And and just for for those of you part of the Northwood family, that wasn't necessarily our vision, right? That was the vision of a couple of pastors ago, Pastor Jack Chanel, when he built the Family Life Center. He built it with that intention. He told this church, hey, we're going to build this building. We're going to build it for the community. And so all we've done, we've tried to build on that legacy that was laid before us. And I think that's really cool. Uh, Number three, the mission of the church extends beyond our immediate community. I think any time we start to reach beyond uh, 2200 Green Ridge Road, people start to ask, why are we doing this, right? Whether it's, it's, it's something like Gethsemane or even something like the International Mission Field or sending teams to Boston, right? You might hear uh, the statement, right? Well, aren't there lots of lost people to reach right in our own community? Why are we going to, you know, Highway 176? Why are we going to Boston? Why are we going to Indonesia if there are so many people right here that we need to reach? Why is that, Logan? Yeah, so we definitely want to be faithful with 2200 Green Ridge Road, Yeah, right? We want to reach our immediate community. However, like we mentioned earlier, we need more churches in this area. Um, We are in part responsible for the work that takes place in the greater Charleston area. And so 
we can't do that on our own. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter how much we grow, buildings we build, whatever. There's just a limit on what we're at Northwood going to be able to accomplish Mm -hmm. by ourselves. Yeah. Right. So we have, and we want to have a kingdom mindset, right? Churches working together in the greater Charleston area to reach this city with the gospel. Mm -hmm. We cannot do it by ourselves. Two churches can't do it. It has to be a citywide effort. And again, the same way with international missions, we cannot knock out the number 3.5 billion people do not have access to the gospel. It is not our responsibility to knock down that entire number. It's our responsibility to be faithful to knock out some of that number. Yeah, Yeah. Right. And so as the spirit of God is working in churches and leaders in our city, as we come together, man, this is a team effort. Yeah. And this is the part that we need to play right now yeah. Um, yeah. To, to see the city reach with the gospel. And, and like we said, Gethsemane is in an incredible location. Mm-hmm. It's growing like crazy. We've got to keep up with the times. Yeah. We've got yeah. to keep up with the movement coming into the city. And so it's really vital for that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Randy? Yeah. I, I mean, I echo what Logan said about not focusing on just 2200 Green Ridge Road. The mission has to go outside of that, and we have to partner with other churches of like-minded faith to reach the lost because we cannot do it all on our own. Uh, and that's what the kingdom of God is about. I mean, it's about not just a specific small group of people. It's about God's people you know, coming alongside him in, in the mission and the work that he's given us to do and going and actually doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a great commission, right? It's what Jesus has called us to do. And let's do it. And we want to do all of it well. We want to reach our community well, but wherever God leads us, we want to do that well as, as well. Number, number four, God has blessed us to be a blessing. What do you think about that? I really think that God has, has, has equipped us at Northwood and has strategically located us and has given us an abundance of resources, not, um, not just finances, but just talents and abilities. And he's given us a a, a specific group of people to be able to be a blessing to others, uh, have the capacity to to do that. And I think that's why we want to do that is because we, we are at a place where we can. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about this as a staff all the time. Just, just how fortunate we are, how blessed by God we are to, to be in this season of ministry that we are in at Northwood. And we don't want to take that for granted, but we also want to steward that well, that, that God has not blessed us simply to sit here and say, man, this is, this is really cool and really good. No, he's blessed us to use those resources outside of Northwood Baptist church. And, and just right now we have, we have pinpointed uh, another church that just needs to be blessed. Why, why wouldn't we do that? Right. Why wouldn't we be a blessing to another church when God has blessed us with, with tons of resources, right? And the, you think about it, the most important resource we have at Northwood is our people, right? And you think about the, the uniqueness of our church and just, just all the, the gifted people we have here, whether, whether it's, it's gifted, um, you know, children's workers who can go and spend some time at Gethsemane and help them to learn how to do children's ministry. Or you think about the team you took over there, Randy, that was just real skilled at, 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 at painting and some of the other fixing a roof that was a huge need for them. I mean, we, we have those kinds of people at Northwood and not only do we have those kinds of people who have those skills and abilities, we have those kinds of people with not only the skills and abilities, but also with the heart, the servant's heart that want to bless. And so if, if that's what God has given us, why wouldn't we use that? Right. And so just, just keeping that in mind that God has blessed us. And if God has blessed us then he has blessed us to be a blessing, I can't help think but of, of, of Abraham. That was, that was the promise to Abraham. I'm going to bless you, not for the sake of you, but I'm going to bless you for the sake of the world. Right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I was literally just about to reference Genesis 12. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a biblical principle. Yeah. It doesn't just, it's not just language that sounds good. So 
here's the reality. You have been blessed on an individual level yeah. with the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. For what purpose? To share the gospel with others, right? Your family has been blessed with the gospel. For what purpose? To bless others. As a corporate body, we have been blessed in order to bless others. We, we could just keep going, right, to the national level, ultimately to the international level. Right. Um, with, like you mentioned, time, resources, everything, right? God has, has uniquely positioned us and blessed us not to hoard those resources, mm-hmm. not to keep our people, right? I hope we've got some people that in our church that say, hey, you know what? For the next couple of years, I'm just going to go plug in with Gethsemane. Yeah, yeah. Right? We've been blessed with those people, and I hope, right, that we're open-handed. Mm. Um, God, would you would you take people from us that would ultimately be a blessing to Gethsemane, a blessing to the city, a blessing to the kingdom of God? Absolutely, absolutely. Fifth reason why we're partnering with Gethsemane. Revived churches give hope to other struggling churches. Gethsemane Baptist is not the only church that's struggling right now. Across this city, there are lots of churches that are struggling. What will it say to other churches when Gethsemane lives again? When Gethsemane is able to, you know, to start baptizing people again, that they've led to faith in Christ, when, when they're able to pull off those big outreach events, right? How will that be an encouragement to other churches that are struggling? Our hope is, our hope is, is that we are able to go in and help Gethsemane, see them get back on their feet, see them live again, and then we're able to do it again. We're able to help other struggling churches to live again as well, right? I think when when a struggling church sees another struggling church live again, it gives them a lot of encouragement. Hey, we can do this too. And that's what we need all of our city, right? We need other churches saying, hey, we can do this too. We can, we can partner with a church or we can do this or whatever it might be uh, so that we can live again and see the gospel go forward in our community. So I think it's a blessing to other churches as they see a church like Gethsemane revived. Yeah, it's for me, it's empowering yeah. for, for churches to, to, to see that and to know that, okay, we could do that too. And also not, not against any church planning, uh, but, it, but also, you know, there, there's a need for church revital, revitalization mm-hmm. uh, and for, for churches to live again and not have to just die and sell their property to, yeah. uh, to another church. Yeah. And so this is a very empowering thing that I think that uh, we're able to, to be part of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, if you think about it, yes, like you mentioned, we want to be able to repeat this process. Mm-hmm. But what would be the five to ten year goal for Gethsemane? Yeah, right. If the Spirit of God, and it's going to take the Spirit of God to do this. We can give our very best resources, time, all this. The Spirit of God's got to move in this situation. But what would the goal be that Gethsemane would yeah. be able to come mm-hmm. along with church one day and do this? Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. And, and like Randy mentioned, this is not the only way. Yeah. This is one of the ways that we mentioned. Our city has replants going on, yeah. revitalizations going on, house churches going on. And it's going to take all of those, every every everything that we can throw at the dartboard mm-hmm. to be able to reach the city with the gospel. And so yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's gonna be encouraging for our church, yeah, right, to be like, Yes, we can do this again. It's gonna be really encouraging for Gethsemane churches in the area. But the goal is just the same exact way with discipleship. Yep. We want to make disciples who make disciples. Absolutely. We want to see fostering churches who can foster churches yeah. in the future, Absolutely. right? Or replant or whatever God would lead them to do in that. So Randy, you think about the person that's listening, who's a part of the Northwood family and they're wondering, Hey, how can I get involved in this? What can I do to be a help to uh, Gethsemane? What would you say? How can people get involved in this relationship that we have with Gethsemane? I, I would say uh, really evaluate your gifts, your passions, and, and see how God may want to use you and, and leverage you to serve this, this church. 
that may look different for each person. Mm-hmm. It may mean going on a Sunday morning after you go to a service here. It may take be taking a, a Sunday and actually just serving, going there and serving, because you're going to be asking a lot from our people over the yeah. next several yeah. weeks and months. But just being willing to to not be inward focused yeah. only, yeah. Yeah. but to, to be willing to go and to serve using your gifts and your passions and your abilities uh, to serve another local church. Yeah. Be willing to put your yes on the table that when God calls you to step out of your comfort zone of Northwood Baptist church and, and go bless at Gethsemane in some way, be willing to put your yes on the table. I'm going to go. What do you think, Logan? How can people get involved? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like Randy mentioned, as we get more clarity yeah. in the days and weeks ahead, we'll, we'll provide those opportunities. We'll put that information out, but I really do think it's an evaluation process to say, Hey, my time at Northwood has been really good for me yeah. and really encouraging for me. And you have to be willing and ready to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if as a staff and as a church, if we're truly going to be open-handed, mm-hmm. that means we might have some people that leave us for a time yeah. to go do a really good work. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm praying, I'm praying that families in our church would catch the vision yeah. for that, that we would be willing to release them, that they would be willing to go and serve and yeah. plug in. Um, cause that's it, right. It's not, you know, it's not that we all need to be here forever. Right. We want to send people out, man. Yeah. And that's what it's going to take if we're going to see our city reached. And so there'll be some growing pains in mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. Um, some of it's not always going to be glamorous. There will be more church work days ahead where we can send teams to go use their skills to help yeah, do some yeah. stuff. That may that might mean partnering alongside them in local missions yeah. to pull some things off, reach their community, right? Mm-hmm. We might not get a ton of response from that but yeah. they might and yeah. that's the goal that's we right. really want to bless them and help them in that that's right good it's exciting it's a good work looking forward to it it's it's been kind of weird guys i mean it's been good to have you here but i really did miss pops i miss him as well i hope he feels better i mean i can't make really old jokes about you because both of you guys are younger than me so that's kind of i'll yeah. be back next week <laughs> on the randy and logan podcast join us next week oh wait sorry so next week, look forward to hearing from me and Trey. And maybe in the next year, you might get Randy and Logan back. We'll see, but don't count on it. And But yeah, hey, thanks guys for, for filling in for Pop. It took two of you to do what Pops can do. How does it make you feel? Those are facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing and encouragement. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.